0: Oh boy, oh boy, we are back for another weekend of just fantastic industry news, man. We're super excited to bring you all the latest that is going down in Hollywood most of it being fucking marvel and dc
1: yes uh, at least most of what everybody's talking about right like uh there are some some things going on though a couple of surprising moves a couple of uh ceos saying goodbye and uh That's you know true. uh and we're gonna talk about that because obviously you know but we love
0: the superhero stuff let's be honest about it of come on uh, i'm super excited about it. there's a <laughs> lot happening in the show but man oh man let's get a little crazy What's up, guys? Episode 218, and you guys know your host with the most, myself, j Lo Fantastic, and the one and only Mouth. What's up? Boy, oh boy. Before teasing the rest of this show and telling you where to find our merchandise, be sure to leave a rating on this podcast. Comment below and tell us what you actually think about the show. Leaving a rating actually helps the podcast get seen by more people who enjoy entertainment news, plus those who are trying to break into the entertainment industry. We brand this podcast as a one-stop shop for the those trying to break into it, so they will have conversations to be in the room where it happens. Yes, So super excited about this show, but before we get that started, be sure to head over to our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We got shirts, we got hats, we have coffee mugs, guys. You see the mugs, we're so super excited, and they're... They're drinkable. They're, they're, they, are, they do work. They do work. Thank goodness. Um, but man, it's so freaking exciting. Like I said, be sure to head over to our website, crazyantmedia.com, and follow us at crazyantmedia and at ITCAF podcast to stay up to date with all the promotional sales that we have going on and all the good things coming out of Crazy Ant Media. Well, of course, we are going to start with Disney. Oh man, oh, oh man. Course. Disney and Marvel Studios, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, earned about a formidable, formidable uh 15 and a half million in previews at uh the domestic box office. Now, that's Thursday. Paul Rudd's latest Marvel adventure is expected to bring in around 95 million to 100 million domestically in its opening weekend. With uh, President's Day holiday also being on Monday, that figure could possibly grow into 110 million. Now, Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania will certainly have the biggest opening of the small but mighty franchise. The original Ant Man, back in 2015, uh, gained just about 57 million domestically after an earned $6.4 million, uh for Thursday night previews. Now, in 2018, the sequel Ant-Man and the Wasp, that one had about $76 million opening after launching with a $11.5 million in Thursday night previews. So I think it's off to a good start. It's definitely going to be the biggest Ant-Man.
1: Oh, without doubt. I mean, without doubt. And, and rightfully so. Um, I mean, I think anybody who's trying to put the unfair comparisons to... You know, Doctor Strange or the Spider Man. It's it's just it's not that right, and and it's not expected to be by Marvel or Disney. So uh, I think they're going to be extremely happy with the opening. It's dominating the box office. It's going to be number one. Their trend will continue. They're undefeated at being number one at the box office on every opening. So uh, which is just absurd. It is. I mean, they're closing in on thirty straight. Number one openings. Like, yeah. it's just incredible. Right. Um, so, as you guys know, we saw it, right? I'm sure you guys saw that we posted. We saw it. It is so incredible. It is. It, it, it's just, it's unreal. Um, It sets up. Everything moving forward with what you need to know about the Kang Dynasty. It looks back. It references Loki. If you if you haven't been watching Loki on Disney Plus, oh, shame on you. You should have right. been. Uh, it does kind of touchly brief, uh, briefly touch, touchly brief, touchly hip-hip. with it consent. Briefly, <laughs> it briefly touches on that, um, but goes into a lot of different stuff. And as you guys know, this is the official kickoff of Phase 5, right? Phase 4 ended. Phase 5 has begun, and man, Jonathan...
0: Man, Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror and all the other Kangs is absolutely freaking badass. By far, my favorite superhero or my favorite super villain, I should say. Um, I, I just everybody was loving Thanos and what he was doing, but Kang, Kang is something different, man. Uh, I mean, he's just like I'm taking over. I don't care what you say, and I'm gonna do it in this sophisticated manner. I love that, you know. He's like I am the smartest in the room, and I can kill all of you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and and, and uh, the way they portrayed his powers is just unreal. Yeah. I mean, he, he he's he's scary. He is. You know, Thanos was like, oh god, this guy's big and oh he's strong and, but there's something simple about Jonathan Majors Kang. Yeah. that's terrifying, yeah. right? <laughs> that's the thing. He, he'll just crush you and not even like blink an eye. Exactly. It's just, it's, it's very calm. It's very. It's disturbing and it's perfect. I and- saw a
0: lot of people um you know giving it a lot of flack for its uh VFX effects. But man, it looked absolutely amazing. I have no idea what they were talking about and it was I could see the comparisons to Star Wars and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Because, without I mean It very much did remind me of the Disney-owned franchise, so I'm excited to see where they move forward with this, but it was a great movie. I don't care what Rotten Tomatoes says. It was a really good movie. Yeah, and I don't know. Anybody who was panning it for the visual
1: effects must have seen... I don't know a release exactly. prior to yeah. the cinematic release because you know they always do that. The trailers are always including footage that aren't visually done completely. Uh, when they test screen, it's not fully completed yet. So anybody that puts out that criticism, it's like it's not the finished fucking product. Well,
0: I'm referring to a guy who literally saw it last night. Well, then he's an idiot. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just going
1: <laughs> to put it out there because and he might not be a comic book fan because I did see a couple of people slamming Modoc. Yeah, and Modoc looks exactly how he's supposed to look he's a giant fucking deformed head (laughs) like he's supposed to look like that so if you're unhappy with that well that's on you i'm just saying exactly Uh, but anyway so yeah that's our opinions on it go see it because it's great please do Uh, yeah and i mean yeah it's it's an excellent start so obviously, what else do we have coming up in Phase 5, right? Well, as you guys know, I'm sure you watched the Super Bowl because a gazillion people did, and we'll tell you about that in a little bit. But trailers galore dropped, including from Marvel. So Disney and Marvel Studios dropped a new trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. During the Super Bowl, of course, the trailer featured the entire group back together again, but the Guardians reunion with Gamora, played by, of course, Zoe Zeldana. Far from sentimental. Yeah. This Super Bowl trailer marked the first time Chris Pratt's Star-Lord is reunited with his ex-Gamora, who was killed by her father Thanos during Avengers Infinity War. Now, in Alternate Gamora with no memory of Star-Lord whatsoever returned in Avengers Endgame. Now, Star-Lord must try to jog this new Gamora's memory as the Guardians embark on one final mission against Chawudi, uh, a villain in the High Evolutionary. The High Evolutionary is is a badass villain as well. So we're getting Kang and the High Evolutionary, which is just freaking mind-boggling. Returning cast members, of course, include Pratt. Zoe Zeldana, uh, Bradley Cooper, and Dave Bautista as Drax the Destroyer. Vin Diesel as Groot, of course. Uh, Porm Klemtoff as Mantis. Karen Gillian as Nebula. Sean Gunn as Craiglin. Sylvester Stallone as Stockar Ogard. And Elizabeth Debicki as Aisha. Now, franchise newcomers consist of Will Poulter as Adam Warlock. That's highly anticipated. Can't for wait sure. for that. As I said, Iwigi as High Evolutionary. And Maria Bakalova as Cosmo the space dog who was introduced in the guardians of the galaxy holiday special now guardians of the galaxy volume three is set to release in theaters may 5th yeah that's exciting that's yeah. really it's right around the corner guys and uh i love it i i thought the trailer was badass i it's got it's got that comedy that it always has the action but man are they setting up for something Sad is going to happen. Something tragic is happening. Somebody's
0: dying. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. Exactly. Well, on the heels of the Guardians trailer dropping, Marvel Studio President Kevin Feige, the man, the myth, the legend, also confirmed a whole lot of news this week. Oh, yeah. First up, Tom Holland's fourth Spider-Man movie is now being written, saying, quote, uh, all I will say is that we have the story, and we have big ideas for that, and our writers are just putting the pen to paper right as we speak. Oh, my gosh. Does it include the other spider
1: man Does it have anything to do with the multiverse? Is it just a solo thing of him in Brooklyn? We don't know, but Feige knows. Yeah. <laughs> Not only did Feige confide that he has big plans for Peter Parker in the MCU, but here's the one that's got me going. I'm excited. I know you guys will be, too. The studio head also says that. The Fantastic Four will be a big pillar of the MCU going forward, just the way they've always been in the comics for, for the last 50 or 60 years. And said, and here's the goodie: that we will start to hear more news about the Fantastic Four, and I quote, very soon. Mm. All kinds of rumors going out and about out there that casting has begun. Meeting with Mia Kunis, the mm. director meeting with Mia. Me, is Mia Kunis invisible girl? Mm-hmm invisible woman which one is she gonna be that's the next thing right we don't know what age these guys are gonna be how long have they had their powers
0: we don't know any of that we know it's not an origin story exactly so i mean it's so freaking crazy and i mean a lot of new stuff coming into this cinematic universe, right? Like, Feige also confirmed that Deadpool 3 will be the first R-rated movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Deadpool 3 will team up the franchise mainstay, Ryan Riddles, with the one and only Hugh Jackman, reprising his X-Men role from Wolverine. Feige was an associate producer on Hugh Jackman's original X-Men movie back in 2000. He said, quote... To have Hugh come back is just absolutely...
1: Incredible. Yes, and speaking of Deadpool 3, some interesting casting news here. Emma Corrin, best known for portraying the young Princess Diana on Netflix's royal drama The Crown, she's joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She will co-star with Reynolds and Hugh Jackman in the film. Now, Corrin's exact role hasn't been announced, but they are expected to play the villain mm. opposite Reynolds' snarky mercenary and Jackman's Wolverine. Deadpool 3? hits theater september 6th so closer to the end of the year
0: so for sure Mm -hmm. a lot of good stuff well foggy also gave an update on marvel's mashallah ali's starring blade movie stating it will be filmed this year saying quote it is going well our director jan demange uh, is down in atlanta right now cameras roll in like the next 10 weeks or so. So, it's going to be very interesting. Remember there was a lot of uh, strange things we should say happening behind the scenes, having to recast and the script not being "quote unquote good." And so I'm I'm excited about this one.
1: I am too. And the fact that it's going to start rolling in 10 weeks, I think they got all that fixed and and we're good. I to would go. hope so. Yeah. Uh so Feige also championed the upcoming Marvel debut of Harrison Ford, of who, of course, is taking on the role of Thaddeus Ross, Thunderbolt Ross himself, in the new Captain America New World Order film. Now, rumors have been flying around. Is he going to be Red Hulk, right, in the Thunderbolts, right? Is he going to be, because that's what happens in the comic books, right? Harrison Ford, Red Hulk, holy shit. Well, we don't know that. Yeah. But Feige did confirm who he will indeed be in the film the President of the United States. That's right. Thunderbolt Ross (laughs) is going to be President of the United States. Now, how is that going to go down with Sam as the new Captain America? Because they've got some history there with the Sokova. So how is that all going to play out? Is he going to be a friendly president towards Cap? Or is there going to be some animosity there? I'm excited the fact that they're going to make him President. That's badass. It would
0: be awesome if he had a scene on Air Force One. He was like, get off my plane. Yeah, oh yeah,
1: fuck. And he pushes (laughs) Sam out like, get off my my plane. They should do it. They should totally do it as a throwback to that. That would be awesome.
0: Exactly. And as Feige shared more insight into the studio's plans for Phase 5 and Phase 6, he hinted it could mean fewer Disney Plus shows, though, on the horizon. Mm. Feige explained that he wants each project to really stand out as they plan the space around them a little bit more. He then clarified that this means both having more time between projects and putting out fewer each year. He also opened up about their approach. Approach to make the Marvel TV shows more self-contained than the movies. Now, Disney and Marvel have not yet announced the second season for Moon Knight with Oscar Isaac, but Feige said that there's definitely a future for the character as they move forward. So that's a lot of interesting stuff, man.
1: Yeah, I, for sure. And I think because a lot of fans were kind of freaking out about this, but I think what he means by more self-contained is we're not going to see like what She-Hulk was Moving forward, it, it, you're not going to see guest stars popping in and out. Other Marvel characters. Daredevil's show is going to be about Daredevil, right. and 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 such. In fact, he used Daredevil as an example of what he was talking about. And I think that's a good thing. Not every show needs guest stars. Not I agree. Every, You don't need to have another Marvel star pop in, you know? It worked for She-Hulk because it was funny, it was different, but we don't need to see everybody pop up in, in all these different shows. So if that's what he means, then I think that's a good decision. For sure. Um, now, it wasn't all good news from Marvel, though. Apparently, fans will have to wait just a little. No longer to go higher, further, faster. What does that even mean? Well, that was on the new poster for The Marvels. Mm. It was previously dated for July 28th, 2023, but now Marvel Studios released with the teaser poster featuring Brie Larson's Captain Marvel, Tiona Paris as Monica Rambo, and Iman Valeni's Miss Marvel with the news that the film from director Nia DaCosta will now hit theaters on November 10th. Mm. Marvel Studios... Uh, Chief Kevin Feige has heaped praise on the movie, comparing moments from the sequel to scenes from the first Avengers. Oh. Now, Disney's Haunted Mansion, directed by Justin Simeon, now slides into that previous spot by the Marvels from its previously announced date of August 11th. So, does that mean some other things will shift one thing's for certain, not Guardians, but maybe some other things might shift back. I, I don't
0: know. We'll keep an eye on that, but I hope not. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense just trying to reorganize everything. Um, now, in other news from Disney, the company also unveiled a new look at Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Ooh. During the Super Bowl, giving the franchise viewers a closer look at the flashbacks of young Harrison Ford and Jones' relationship with his granddaughter, Helena, played by Florida Bag star Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Remember a few weeks ago we announced her casting. The film is an action-packed celebration to the archaeologist's return to the screen. Though Indy avows his days of recklessness are behind him, footage of him zooming through the desert streets, (laughs) standing on top of a moving train, and cracking his infamous whip at a room full of armed villains would suggest otherwise. Now, the latest addition to Indiana Jones series takes place in 1969 during the U.S.-Soviet space race as Indy and Helena go head-to-head with a villainous Nazis for their one last adventure. Mm. Now, franchise newcomers Mads Mikkelsen and Boyd Holbrook will play villains uh, Georg Voller and Kalber, respectively. Antonio Banderas, uh, Shahante Renee Wilson, and Toby Jones are also new additions to the cast. Now, John rios Devise will reprise his role of uh, Shahala uh, from <laughs> 1989's uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Now, Indiana Jones jones 5 is confirmed to be for its final appearance as the hero we'll see indiana jones and the dial of destiny is scheduled for a theatrical release on june 30th so i know a lot of people are excited about it
1: i am and i'm even more pumped because james mangold is directing it i'm just a huge fan you guys have heard me say over and over he's one of my inspirations as a director uh he's just phenomenal i think it's going to be great i love how you said that though maybe we'll see but one thing is definitive. It's it's pretty much an all-in from Lucas, Spielberg, and Harrison Ford that when Harrison Ford steps away, that's it for Indiana Jones. They n- have no plans of doing it without him that's or good. recasting him.
0: So good. So this should be the last this one. This should
1: be the last <laughs> like one. Like I said, we'll <laughs>
0: fucking see. Will,
1: will he want to continue to de-age or age like, well, I have no fucking idea, but it— It will end when he ends. So, So um... I was really excited about this one, guys. Yeah, I was too. up in the me air too. about, do we want to keep seeing these live action you know, remakes or whatever? But I saw this little teaser trailer, and holy shit, Disney also unveiled a new teaser trailer for the live action remake of The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. The upcoming musical directed by Rob Marshall reimagines the original 1989 animated film with live actors. Now, the new adaptation will once again see the mermaid Ariel fall for the human prince who lives above the water, spurring a devilish plot from the nefarious Ursula now Haley Bailey stars as Ariel alongside Jonah Howard King as Prince Eric Melissa McCarthy as Ursula Javier Bardem as King Triton Jacob Tremblay as the voice of Flounder and our man David Diggs as the voice of Sebastian now the trailer shows Ariel singing under the sea of course the big song from it and also gives us our first looks at Ursula and Prince Eric, and they the, it looked incredible. They've been practicing with fucking Avatar and Aquaman yeah. and all these underwater movies. This thing looked incredible. It did. Um, it's set to hit uh, theaters May
0: 26th, so literally right around the corner. Yeah, not bad at all. And, I mean, we got that evil, devilish laugh from Melissa McCarthy oh, yeah. at the very end. Yeah, 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 like yeah. I said, I got really excited about it. That laugh it was like you. I didn't know it. what I wanted to see more of these live action remakes but it looks really good and i love how they're incorporating the music because that was one of my biggest knocks from like the jungle book and mulan you not including the music in these disney films i feel like is a setback in my opinion oh without doubt now ben mckenzie jamie lee cracher uh, michelle ortiguez and augustus prohas have been cast in abc's drama pilot. The hunt, you the hurt unit. Yeah. Um. The project was first ordered to pilot at ABC back in December. Now, per the official logline, the show is a cutting-edge medical drama about a highly skilled team of trauma surgeons and nurses who race into the field uh, to treat the patients who won't make it to the hospital in time. Mm. Now, when the sick and the injured can't get to the ER. The Hurt Unit, which is Hospital Urgent Response Team, brings their ER to them. Now, Mackenzie will star as Danny, who is the head of the Hurt Unit. Now, the character is further described as a self-made surgeon who must make split-second decisions in the most harrowing circumstances, often at risk to his own life while unquestionably a hero. Danny is also a uh, pathological risk taker who seems headed for a serious uh, downfall basically – his, decent, his deepest bond is with his teammates, first-class professionals who share his passion, some would say obsession, for saving life. Now, Kreishner will play Nora, a surgeon from working-class roots who uh, got her education by joining the Navy, serving mm. as a trauma surgeon in multiple war zones. She wants to join Dr. Danny Marsh, who is McKenzie, Elite Hurt Unit, and although she's nearly as brilliant as surgeon as he is he won't have her on his team uh until she levels with him about her troubled past now ortez and prue also play members of this unit so i'm sure a lot of baggage with both of their characters as well yeah but it seems very interesting i like how it's you know out and about and not at a hospital i think that's different
1: oh yeah i mean because if you're going to keep doing medical dramas, you got to keep changing them up exactly. somehow, right? You got to get it out there. And huge fan, obviously, of Ben McKenzie. I think you know he's fantastic and all the stuff he does. So I'm excited for that one. Uh, Caitlin Olson, also a huge fan of her, and Daniel Sunjata are set to lead a drama pilot at ABC based on the French detective series HPI. Now, in addition, Rob Thomas, who of course Veronica Mars and Party Down has signed on to serve as a showrunner, while Althea Jones from Face will direct an executive produce the pilot. Mm. Now, the project was first ordered to pilot at ABC back in September. Now... Per the official logline, single mom Morgan with three kids and an exceptional mind helps solve an unsolvable crime when she rearranges some evidence during her shift as a cleaner for the police department. When they discover she has a knack for putting things in order because of her high intellectual potential, she is brought in as a consultant to work with a by-the-book seasoned detective and together... They form an unusual and unstoppable team.
0: (laughs) Okay. All right. Sure, sure. I mean... Sounds good. Sounds good. Sure. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Now, this next one is by no surprise, at least to us, because we are big fans of GMA, so we go into that 9 o'clock hour after GMA and start to watch kelly and ryan well it's no longer gonna be ryan because that mofo is exiting <laughs> that's right ryan seacrest is exiting the live with kelly and ryan after six years acting as kelly rippa's co-host on the abc daytime talker now upon seacrest's exit rippa will be joined by her husband mark consuelos as her new co-host the show will be rebranded live with kelly and mark Ripper has hosted a uh, live since two thousand and one. First time with, of course, Regis, and later with Michael uh, Strahan. Um intercepted with uh, periods of solo hosting and working with a uh, rotating uh, stable of guest hosts and Seacrest joined her as the co-host back in 2016 originally signing on a three-year contract but ultimately staying on for the past six years um I mean it only it only kind of makes sense Seacrest is super busy Hearing Kelly is not that nice of a person, and I feel like her and Mark's dynamic is just—I I feel like probably the best. Oh, uh,
1: they—they certainly have a different—I don't know—presence when they're together. Yeah, they're very loving. They're very—you can tell that they're very much in love. That they're very—it's a special dynamic that plays well on camera as well as in real life. And I think that that's what ABC is looking for. For sure, is like you know, um. From what I understand, Ryan is 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 walking away, like you said, because he's super busy and he wants to focus more on uh, doing his charitable organization in more children's hospitals. He's opened up some charity type stuff in children's hospitals, and he's focusing on doing that when he steps away. So good for him! I think that's you know yeah that's for a, sure you know he's a talented guy and. Best of luck Very to busy him.
0: guy, that's for sure. Oh,
1: without doubt. Yeah, he made it clear he was keeping all that shit still going. So um, amazing, just amazing. All right, jumping over to Fox. We, of course, talked about at the top of the show the big Super Bowl. Did you guys watch? Well, apparently a whole lot of people did. Fox's telecast of the Super Bowl on Sunday night brought in an average 113 million viewers, according to the Nielsen ratings. That makes the Kansas City Chiefs victory over the Philadelphia Eagles not only 1% bigger than just oh excuse me uh the last year's game but the third biggest television program of all time nice. the only telecast to ever score a larger audience were of course other super bowls the 2015 patriots seahawks game with 114.4 million and the 2017 patriots falcons game 113.7 million now fox reported this figure as well as a 40 point oh, Oh, household rating based on Nielsen's time zone adjusted fast national measurements. This includes viewership across Fox, Fox Deportes, Digital Fox, and NFL properties. Fox also says that this was the most watched Super Bowl ever in terms of digital viewership, totaling over seven million live streams. That's crazy.
0: It is crazy, and I mean, it was very entertaining. So I'm happy. It was a lot of that happened, and better commercials than last year. Last year was commercials of crypto, like fucking twenty four seven. Now Oscar winner Keith Cardine, Emmy nominee Jason Ritter Betsy Brandt and yes. Ryan Schmidt uh, have joined the cast of Fox's anthology series Accused. Yes. Uh, Cardeen stars uh, with uh, Layla, Layla Robbins in Billy's Story. This episode is about an aging rock star who struggles to help his drug-addicted son. Ritter and Schmidt will headline Jack's story. The episode revolves around a teacher who is accused of a uh, crime when it helps his students in need. Mm. Now, Brant stars alongside uh, Beb Wood, Wood, and Josh Hamilton in Jesse's Story, a story about a teenager who pressures her mother for identity for her biological father trying to figure out who her dad is. So a lot of interesting stuff there, but this one seems to be going over very well. I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon.
1: No, huge in the ratings. And I just watched the one with Malcolm Jamal Warner. It was fantastic. And the one with Jason Ritter, obviously we're super pumped about. We just, we love Jason to death. I mean, that's a really exciting one. And Michael Chiklis, who starred in the very first episode actually directs the one with Jason Ritter. Nice. So that, yeah, that's going to be awesome. I love how they're just kind of keeping it all in the family, if you will. Um, Okay, I kind of said, do we need more things, remakes, reboots? We have just so much of a lack of original content. That's true. And yet, here we go again. Oh, man. A new version of the 1970s buddy cop series Starsky and Hutch is apparently in the works at Fox but with a female twist. <laughs> Fox is developing the project as a one-hour drama under its script-to-series model. The modern reimagining will revolve around two female detectives, Sasha Starsky and Nicole Hutchinson. The duo solve crimes in the offbeat town of Desert City while staying true to their friendship, their awesomeness, and somehow also trying to unravel the mystery behind who sent their fathers to prison 15 years ago for a crime they didn't commit. Oh, Now, that's a different... Background premise than the original Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, and it's women, so that's different. But it's still fucking Starsky and Hutch. Still Starsky and
0: Hutch. Do we need that right now? Like, I exactly. I would even be fine if you called it something different and didn't say it was a Starsky and Hutch reboot. Yeah, just kind of went with the same premise.
1: I'm just gonna say this though: if you do this, and we see it on the air, and you don't use the car, epic Phil. Yeah, and if you update the car. Epic fit It's gotta be the car. Yeah. Just saying. Don't exactly. fuck that up.
0: Yeah. Just, it can't be like a freaking Porsche with the white a red Porsche with the white lines. Yeah, like, no, you know, no. it, it can't and be.
1: And it can't be like a 2020 or something. It's gotta be the fucking old school car. Otherwise I'm walking away.
0: Yeah. Guess Not saying. even giving
1: it a Just shot. Just saying.
0: <laughs> well, guess what? Fox also has their own hour-long medical drama based on an Italian hit series, Doc, tu mani. Uh Translation, Doc, in your hands. Oh. The U.S. Adata- adaptation will be titled Doc. <laughs> Very creative, guys. <laughs> and it will come from writer Barbie Killingman uh, from Magnum P.I. The show is being developed as part of Fox's scripted two-series process as the network will t- no longer shoot pilots. Uh, it instead develops several scripts before deciding whether or not to go forward with the series. Here's the uh, official logline for this one, though. A hard-charging chief of internal and family medicine, Dr. Amy Elias suffers a brain injury during mm. a car accident and loses her memory of the last eight years. Now, forced to reacclimate to the present... With no recollection of the tragedy in her personal life or the breath of the medical knowledge she has occurred over this time, she must return to being an intern and somehow rebuild life from the fractured pieces which remain that sounds actually very interesting i was bagging you at the very beginning but that sounds very interesting
1: uh it 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 does like can you imagine being a surgeon and the head of a department and you have all this not and then you forget that you're even a doctor well
0: especially like if you go back to the specific hospital that you were at and everybody knows what you were before yeah and knows what you yeah. are now and like Oh, and man. now you're an intern. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? exactly. I mean. Like, and especially I oh, will. Yeah. Just, I'm excited about that one. I really want to check that one out.
1: Yeah. That's going to be pretty darn good. This is pretty cool. So excited about this one too. Curtis 50 cent Jackson and Fox have entered into a non-exclusive broadcast direct deal to develop scripted dramas, live action comedies and animated series through his production company. G unit film and television projects created as part of the agreement will be owned by, Fox Entertainment and produced by its in-house unit. Mm. Now, Fox Entertainment Studios, in collaboration with G Unit Film and Television, the former rapper turned mogul, exited his deal with Stars last September. But of course, several of his franchises still remain on the network, including Black Mafia Family, which recently scored a season three renewal, and multiple spinoffs within the Power Universe: Power Book Two, Ghost, Power Book Three, and Power Book Four. <laughs> but G Unit Film and Television all also produced the ABC series For Life which you can catch on Hulu which was fucking phenomenal if you haven't watched that you should go
0: back and watch it I love this. I love how, like, entrepreneurial he is. And I actually saw him at um, one of Fox's studios, I'm guessing, like, the actual news studio to, you know, make this deal. But he was, like, pushing a camera around. He was like, rich people come in and think they are allowed to touch anything when they're actually not. And he's, like, moving cameras around and shit. I thought it was hilarious. But I'm just super excited to see where he goes from here because – the sky is the limit for that man, and he is not stopping anytime soon. Uh, now heading over to Warner Brothers Discovery. Did you guys see the first trailer of The Flash yes. during the Super Bowl? Well, at least the tease during the Super Bowl and the official trailer online. Um, featuring the new footage from DC Comics uh, film the For the Good or Bad. Ezra Miller is suited up as the Scarlet Speedster once again. And the new trailer uh, shows Miller's Barry Allen crashing into the multiverse and running into another version of himself. And not one, but two Batman played by Ben Affleck and, of course, Michael Keaton. Yes. There's also the return of Michael Shannon's General Zod from Man of Steel. And the debut of Sasha Kelly's Supergirl. The Flash is expected to play a major role in the evolution of DC's on-screen story, serving as a reboot ahead of James Gunn and Peter Safran's new plan for DC Universe. The trailer marks the first major uh, promotional material for the film since the series of controversies surrounding Miller. (coughs) The Flash is set to hit theaters June 16th. Go ahead.
1: Uh Yeah, well, all I want to say is uh, you should rebrand this film because if you look at any of the comments on social media, and there were literally millions of them, it was all about Keaton's Batman and Supergirl. They barely talked about the Flash. It was so massively overwhelmingly supportive and positive for Keaton's return as Batman that I honestly think they should have fucking called this film Batman Returns again and just let it go. I mean, and try to, okay, yeah, Flash is in it, but we don't give a shit. Uh, Keaton... Fucking seventy one, y'all still looked like a total fucking badass in the suit, yeah. and he delivered the original line, the OG line: "I'm Batman." And and I don't know if because so many young people now that weren't even around in '89, he originated the line. All the ones from the Dark Knight, Christian Bale, you know, uh, all the different versions of Ben Affleck's Batman, all these different versions that we've seen in films since then, copy him. He was the first one to ever deliver the line: "I'm Batman," and and. It was fucking epic to see it again. I about, I just lost my shit when he said it. I'm like, oh, he's gonna say it, he's gonna say it, and he fucking said it, and it was badass. Did you catch all the suits behind him? Yeah. The blue and gray suit from the comic books is back there, and I think Affleck actually wears it in the trailer. So that's even more fucking epic. But it was the original suit from the 89, and then the Batman Returns suit, and then the desert suit, the underwater suit, the blue and gray suit. And year one, when he was packing. He had guns. Yeah. How fucking badass is that? Like, so, I don't know, man. I just thought, and Supergirl, I hope that they keep this version. I know she's not going to be the one in James Gunn's film that he was talking about, but I hope they keep this version of her because he has said that it will be a multiverse, meaning there will be more, you know, than just the one. Because um, she looked like total badass. She did. And I think, I think it's going to be amazing. Now, here's the thing. Everybody's talking about a secret cameo, right? Everybody everybody is talking about that. Everybody thinks it's going to be a third Batman. I don't. Here's what I think is going to happen. Because if anybody was paying attention, out there and about, it leaked and then was confirmed that Michael Keaton's Batman is in the same universe as Christopher Reeve's Superman. Mm. Are we going to see Christopher Reeve's Superman? That I think I would just fucking shit my pants and die of a heart attack right there in the screen. I, I like I would be amazing. I don't know how I feel about it because it would have to be digitally recreated and I you know, you're always iffy about do you do that, do you not do that? But in my opinion, I just feel like all these films are are in ode to That OG film. Kevin Feige says it. He makes everybody watch it before they make a new Marvel film. That's the bar that it's all— So to have that, to have him make the appearance, I think, would be fucking epic. It would. Or
0: at uh, least—what's his name? Brendan Roth. um, Yeah, yeah. Do the same thing because, I mean, when his presence was during— what a crisis on infinite earth for the cw shows i mean everybody was talking about how like he was superman so i mean something like that to where he is basically playing christopher reeve well and which he did in superman returns i
1: mean it just it was it was not a very good movie it was and bryan not. singer just but he jesus he looked and sounded exactly like christopher reeve so i think that i mean Maybe they use Brandon Routh and digitally put Chris's face on him. Maybe that would be epic because he's got the voice down and the mannerisms down and everything. So if you use him as the body double and then put Chris's face on yeah. him, I think that would be fucking epic.
0: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I'm excited to see what happens. It's unfortunate because of all the you know the things. Um, I feel like it's definitely going to be a thing that I feel some people aren't going to go see because of the controversy and stuff like that. And which is you know like I said, unfortunate but it is what it is and uh, yeah I'm I'm interested though it looks very good I'll just wait till HBO Max (laughs) well director Todd Phillips has shared a new look at Joker Follet Devour posting images of depicting Joaquin Phoenix in the arms of Lady Gaga the image marks the public first look as Gaga in this film and Gaga is reported playing the version of DC Comics character Harley Quinn, of course, the uh, psychotherapist of uh, who submitted herself to the Joker before taking on his villainous ways. Warner Brothers will release Joker uh, in theaters October 9th of 2024, five years to the day after the release of the first film. Damn, it's already been like five years back. Next year, that's crazy. I know. I I hated the picture. Yeah, I just didn't like it. She, she, I don't.
1: I, I just don't get this movie. I don't. I don't see the point in it. Yeah. I don't see the musical. She is not fucking Harley Quinn. She doesn't even. Lo- she looks awful. Yeah. I I just I'm not. I in know. On this. Compared
0: to both of these DC films, with one that I'm like so conflicted about, and then this one, I could give a shit less. Yeah.
1: About. And I loved the first Joker. Yeah. I thought it was just spot on. He's just a maniacal psychopath killer. But this... I don't even know how this is coming from the same guy. Yeah. Like, I'm just baffled by that. Like, what did you drink or eat that fucked you up, sir? Because I just, I don't get it. The Penguin series at HBO Max has added, this is awesome, uh, Renzi Feliz to its cast. Of course, you know from uh, The Runaways. Feliz joins previously announced series stars Colin Farrell, who will reprise his role as Oswald the Penguin Cobblepot from The Batman, as well as Kristen Melody. Now, details on Feliz's character are being kept under wraps... The eight-episode series is said to continue the story of the film. It is believed to take place in the immediate aftermath of the events of The Batman. Melody will star as Sofia Falcone, the daughter of Gotham mob boss Carmine Falcone. The series also added Michael Kelly, Shahora Adikosulu, and Deidre O'Connell to its cast. But character details for the three actors also remain under wraps. So, Makes sense. of course it
0: does. Yeah. Veronica Catra has been added to the CW's Gotham Knight series in a recurring guest role. Now, Cartwright uh, Cart uh, will make her debut as Unitz Harman um, on the series in episode four and recurring in episode seven. According to her character description, uh, Units uh, seems like an ordinary sweet old lady living out her twilight years in a nursing home but that grandmotherly exterior masks a much darker side of this Ooh. character that harbors a sinister secret and has ties to an evil that has plagued Gotham for over a century. Damn, that sounds amazing. The intense. Court of Owls?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. This next one, I'm super pumped about because I'm a huge fan of Lizzie Olson. I just think she's a phenomenal actress. And I was alive actually, during this real-life event, and it was fucking crazy. And so I'm excited as hell to see this. Elizabeth Olsen stars as Candy Montgomery, who was infamously accused of axe murder in 1980 and later acquitted – In Love and Death, HBO Max released the first trailer for the upcoming limited series this week. The seven-episode series premieres on HBO Max on April 27th with its first three episodes. New episodes will release weekly through May 25th. Now, in the real-life case, Candy Montgomery was having an affair with Alan Gore after becoming friends with his wife, Betty Gore, through church. Now, one June 13th, 1980 day, Betty was found murdered while Alan was out of town. She was struck, get this y'all, 41 times Mm. by an axe. Now, Candy was accused of murdering Betty, but pleaded she was acting in self-defense after Betty learned of her husband's affair. Candy underwent a successful polygraph test. And was actually later acquitted of the crime. Found not guilty. Jesse Plemons co-stars as Alan Gore. Lily Rabe plays Betty Gore. And Patrick Fugit is Pat Montgomery. The cast also includes Kristen Ritter, Tom Pelfrey, Keir Giltrist, and Elizabeth Marvel. It's going to be Lizzie wielding an axe. I'm kind of excited for it. I'm just after especially seeing her as dark-ass fucking Scarlet Witch. Right.
0: And many are thinking, wait, why does this sound familiar? Yes, there was a Hulu series also about about the same premise starring Jessica Biel yep so that is out about the same thing as well that one was actually pretty good Justin Timberlake's in it Um. so <laughs> a lot of a lot of good things and our buddy Jason Ritter he's in that as well yep um, HBO Max has ordered the drama series Duster from J.J. Abrams and Latoya Morgan with Josh Holloway oh. and Rachel Hilson set to star now the eight episode series is set in 1972 now per the official logline the first ever black female female FBI agent heads to the Southwest uh, as, and recruits a gusty getaway driver in a bold effort to take down a growing crime syndicate mm. along with Holloway and Hilson. The series will also star uh, Keith David as Ezra, Sydney Elizabeth as Genesis and Greg Grunberg as bot. now Camille uh, Gute as Lizzie as es- Oh, Ezek Kolesing uh, as Awen sure. and Adriana Luna uh, Martinez as Luna, and Benjamin Charles Watson as Royce. So that sounds pretty interesting.
1: Heck yeah. Now, J.J. Abrams, I love that. He's staying loyal. If you notice, Josh Holloway lost, yeah. and
0: uh, Greg Grunberg from uh, Alias. Yeah, So he's, he likes staying to Staying loyal his even after one of his things got canceled this week
1: well that too yeah yeah. I mean you know you gotta think about that but uh, you know I guess he's okay with it I just you know it he's seems gonna do like what it. he's
0: gonna do to get paid and then he's gonna move
1: on I think For that's sure. my opinion <laughs> and who's gonna take his place well maybe this guy M. Night Shyamalan has inked a new multi-year first look deal with Warner Brothers Pictures with the Oscar nominated filmmaker switching his allegiance from Universal the announcement was made by Warner Brothers Pictures group co-chairs and CEOs Michael DeLuca and Pam Abdi now news of the pack comes as the director celebrates his latest release knock at the cabin, which marks his seventh number one opening at the box office. He has a number one film in each of the last four decades and further contributes to his more than three billion dollar haul at the global box office, beginning, of course, with his breakout hit The Sixth Sense. Now, under the new agreement, Shyamalan and his Philly based production company, Blinding Edge Pictures, run by president of production Ashwin Rajan, will develop original projects for the filmmaker to produce and or direct for Warner Brothers Picture Group production divisions, Warner Brothers Pictures and New Line Cinema. Now, among those projects is Shyamalan's much-anticipated next directorial effort, Trap, which is dated for a theatrical release on August 2nd, 2024— also in the works is The Watchers, the forthcoming directorial debut from his daughter, Ishana Knight Shyamalan, in which will commence production this year and is slated for a June 7th, 2024 release from New Line Cinema. So keep it in the family.
0: All right. Love it. Love it. Well, heading over to Paramount, CBS has given a pilot order to a multi cam comedy series based on the Jumpstart comic strip. Now, Jumpstart is set in Philadelphia. Per the official log line, the show follows Joe, a cop. His wife Marcy, a nurse, and Joe's partner Crunchy. Oh. Joe and Marcy are young, hip, urban parents with old school values who are willing to sacrifice for their kids to have some laughs while doing it. Now, the comic strip originally entered syndication back in 1989. So, there you go.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds well, at least it's original.
0: It's I mean, true. I know it's
1: based on a comic strip, but it doesn't sound like anything we've seen. So, it's true. This one, sad, but you knew it was coming. Showtime laid off approximately 120 staffers this week amid a streaming-focused restructuring that saw the exits of several top executives as the pay TV channel's team was merged into MTV Entertainment Studios. No other details were available regarding which departments within Showtime were impacted, though a source close to the situation says those cuts could amount to roughly
0: 25% of Showtime's workforce. Yeah. I mean... That sucks. Mm. I mean, I mean, Disney just laid off like 7,000 or some yeah, shit like that. Yeah. It's a rough time in the entertainment industry. That's it for is. sure. Well, the Bass Rivas series from Taylor Sheridan starring uh, David Oleo has added two new series regulars. Uh, Forrest Goodluck and Lorne E. Banks are both set to star in the show alongside lead Oleo and previously announced cast member Dennis Quaid. The series is based on the true story of a uh, – Title a lawman per the official description. Revis, known for his greatest frontier hero in the American history, worked in the post Reconstruction era as a federal peace officer in the Indian Territory, capturing over three thousand of the most dangerous criminals without ever being wounded. Mm. Banks will play uh, Jenny, described as a the strong and fiercely loyal wife of uh, Bass Revis. Good luck will play Billy Crow, said to be a young Cherokee man with an affinity for dime store books and a, gau- a gaudy style. <laughs> now, Bass Revis is currently filming in Texas. So that one sounds really cool. I oh, like yeah. that it's it's still Western. Obviously, Sheridan's a fucking cowboy, so it makes sense that all of his projects are coming like that. But I like how it's different from the Yellowstone franchise.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. All right, jumping over to NBC Universal. Universal. This is clearly being done because of the success of Disney's remakes of animated films into live action. I can think of no other reason why this would be done. But... Facts. NBC Universal thinks it should be. A live-action adaptation of How to Train Your Dragon is apparently soaring to theaters in 2025. Now, Dean DeBlois, who wrote and directed the animated trilogy, 2010's How to Train Your Dragon, 2014's How to Train Your Dragon 2, and 2019's How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, is returning to write and direct This one (laughs) makes total sense. It's slated to release on March 14th, 2025. The Oscar-nominated How to Train Your Dragon takes place in the mythical Viking village of Berk and follows the adventures of a misfit teen named Hiccup who befriends an
0: injured dragon he calls Toothless. I think this is just Comcast's ploy trying to figure out what to do. They're kind of like on the outskirts of successful things right now. So they're just trying to figure it all out. Trying to figure out if, you know, Peacock is actually working and all of these different things. So, I mean, you can't knock them for trying, but it is kind of on the same level as copying. Um, Now it will, it'll be a family fall reunion for my big fat Greek wedding clan with focusing our focus features dating the third film for the franchise for a worldwide theatrical release on september 8th 2023 nia valdados uh wrote and directed the new film alongside recurring cast members uh john corbett and uh louise mandy Elena elena and uh, maria vectris uh, Adriana Martin, Elias Karefez, Gia Cardiz, Joey Fatone, and uh, Lillian Kazan. Elias Kazask and Melina Kuzu join the family with this time around. Tom Hanks, Rita Wilson, and Gary Gutzman will have produced all of these three movies. We'll also return to this thing as well with Paul Brooks and Scott Niemer. And Stephen uh, Cherishon, serving as executive producers. No, didn't that all sound like a whole bunch of Greek names? I, uh, I yeah. will say.
1: Yeah. I don't know why they just keep making movies of this. I mean, they tried to do a series from it. They're like, they're milking this thing for everything.
0: Okay. Like I mean, you know. Eh, I guess until it doesn't make money. I, I only guess. saw the first one. I mean, the first one was good. But yeah, I mean, it,
1: was, it was fantastic. And you should have just left it at that. I feel like they're just like, like I said, I feel like they're literally milking it. It's just, I don't know know non-evil twin how does that sound now that sounds like something i can get behind <laughs> I- i'm a non-evil twin a comedy written by and starring amber ruffin has received a pilot order at nbc the multi-cam follows a woman who is forced to step into her sister's role as the leader of a fortune 500 company despite knowing little about business and even less about the way her sister has been running the corporation now ruffin is best known for of course hosting the amber ruffin show a late night talk show on Peacock that she created after years of writing and occasionally appearing on NBC's Late Night with Seth Meyers. Ruffin is currently under an overall deal at Universal Television alongside Jenny Hagel via their production company Straight to Cards. Well, there you go.
0: Yeah. Well, weeks after helping his Kansas City Chief team win the Super Bowl in Arizona, tied in Travis Kelsey will travel to New York to host Saturday Night Live on March 4th. A week later, uh, followed by a breakout Wednesday star Gina Ortega on March 11th. But first up, as previously announced, Woody Harrelson Ah. will return to Saturday Night Live. Uh, to host for the fifth time on February 25th. He leads the next batch of hosts as SNL returns at the end of the month for three consecutive weeks. Nice. He's joining the five-timers club. It's going to be awesome. He's going to get the coat. (laughs) Poker Face
1: has been renewed, apparently, for a second season on Peacock. The first season of Poker Face debuted on January 26th, earning strong reviews for Natasha Leone's lead performance as sleuth Charlie Kale and creator Ryan Johnson's throwback take on the case of the week mystery format. The announcement of the renewal comes with episodes from season one still left to debut. Poker Face joins a group of other season two renewals for Peacock Originals, including Pitch Perfect, Bumper in Berlin, Bel Air, Wolf Like Me, Kill it Dr. Death and We Are Lady Parts. <laughs> there you go. We are not Lady Parts. No, we're no, not. No.
0: We have man parts. <laughs> um, Lionsgate, the sequel to Plane, is officially moving forward. Mike Coulter, who played the accused murderer, uh Louis Jasper in the original film, will headline the new uh uh-huh. nautical movie, which is apply uh Uh, Right now, titled Ship. Uh, Plane, ship, car. What's next? Uh, The follow-up will focus on Coulter's character, who escaped the extradition to uh, toronto uh when trailblazer flight 119 went down in the philippines and formed an unlikely partnership with gerard butler's captain brody torrance to rescue the plane's passengers and crew from pirates now ship will pick up where jasper's storyline left off in plane the with the uh legionnaire disappearing into the jungle of joe jolo island it's not yet clear whether butler will return for the next film but production is expected to begin in late 2023 so they're turning these things right around uh yeah i guess we should watch that first one uh it did well it was a surprise
1: hit it at did. the box office and so uh, i guess you know it it Gets a sequel if yeah. it's a surprise hit. For sure. I like Mike Coulter. I miss him from, uh, you know, Luke Cage and and The Good Wife and a bunch of other things. And so I'm happy to see him getting some success on the film side. Uh, Lionsgate has picked up domestic distribution rights to Guy Ritchie's World War II movie, The Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. Wow. Now, the film stars Henry Cavill, uh, Isaac Gonzalez, Henry Golding, Alex Pfeifter, and Carrie Ewell. Shit, that's a fucking awesome cast. It is. Among others. Who else? I'm sure we'll tell you on a later show. The studio is targeting a 2024 wide theatrical release. Now, the ministry is billed as an outrageous true story about UK Prime Minister Winston Churchill and James Bond author Ian Fleming's secret World War II combat organization. That, that cool. has long been rumored to be a true thing. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, I, I this is going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, for sure. Have to keep an eye on that one. Lionsgate, stars, and Amazon's MGM Plus are joining Focus through the new twenty percent discounted bundle offer for Prime members in the U.S. and with the hopes of seeing a bump in subscribers. Hmm. The bundle agreement is a part of a new long-term deal between Stars and Amazon. The MGM Plus slash Stars bundle. On Prime Video in the US will launch in the coming weeks, they say. Priced at just $11.99 per month, according to Stars, that's a 20% discount off the combined price of both standalone subscriptions. Stars is $8.99 per month, and MGM. Plus is five ninety nine per month. Now Stars and MGM Plus, previously known as epics those who don't know, are teaming up amid the ongoing fight for the share in the streaming market. Mm. After Amazon closed the deal to acquire MGM last year, it rebranded Epix to pay the cable network and streaming service as MGM Plus, keeping the legendary moniker. Yes, I like this though because I've, I've, I've been wanting
1: to get Stars back. We, you know, we kept it for a little while for uh black mafia family and heels and uh so now uh, if it's going to be way cheaper and you get both i'm all in for sure i think i might i think i might sign back up uh plus stars is going to need it because with curtis jackson gone once those shows end like what do you you have heels. (laughs) exactly you have heels yeah and they don't even know when season two is airing. According to Stephen Amell, they finished it ages ago. He's like, when the fuck is it coming on? So sure.
0: And there's there shouldn't be a lot of posts. <laughs> like... No,
1: I mean, seriously. And everybody loved the show. So what the fuck? There's a reason Curtis left. I'm just saying. Sex. Just saying. Uh, sticking with Amazon slash MGM, this one we are super fucking excited about. Creed fans received one last peek at Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut during the Super Bowl. On March 3rd, Jordan will return as Adonis. Donnie Creed in Creed 3, marking the ninth installation of the Rocky franchise. The trailer teases how Adonis has since made peace with living up to the legacy of his late father, Apollo Creed. But as he embraces his independent career as Adonis, his past sneaks up on him yet again when Anderson Damien Dame, played by newcomer to the franchise, Jonathan Majors, Kang returns after an 18-year prison sentence. One night as kids, Adonis and Anderson are stopped by cops, and subsequently, Anderson is put in prison for nearly two decades. As a former boxer, Anderson returns to average uh, to avenge the life he believes he was robbed of, even if that means facing Adonis in the ring in a massive event at Dodger Stadium. Mm. Now, in a quick look at the Super Bowl spot, it reveals the stadium absolutely packed with fans cheering on this huge showdown. Clearly, Anderson finds quite a collection of cheerleaders Sylvester Stallone isn't returning due to creative differences. That's the first we've heard of that. We had heard in the past that he's just walking away because he didn't really see a point to have Rocky in these anymore. But now, creative differences. But he might not be coming back, but Tessa Thompson and Felicia Rashad are. They're set to reprise their roles as Creed's girlfriend, Bianca, and stepmother, Marianne, respectively. The film was originally to be released on November 23rd of last year, but MGM postponed the release to March 3rd of this year. Creed 3 was written by Keegan Kugler, yes, that's Ryan Coogler's brother, and Zach Balin. The screenplay is based on a story by Creed director Ryan Kugler, so there you go. That's awesome. I
0: love how tight knit that is. It's basically a fucking family.
1: And it's just another example of like what we were talking about earlier with Jonathan Majors being just like this fucking phenomenal actor. Yeah. Like this character is so drastically different from Kang. This guy is mean and aggressive and bold and in your face, and Kang is like a fucking hardcore murderer, but. He's very, very very chilled, laid back. So the fact that he can pull both of these off and so brilliantly is just a kudos to him, man.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, heading over to Netflix, Tyler Perry's upcoming Netflix film, Six Triple Eight, has lined up an all-star cast led by Kerry Washington and the one and only Oprah Oprah Winfrey. Now, Washington <laughs> also will executive produce the film, which tells the story of an uh, inspiring true story, I should say, of the only all-black female World War II Cartoon. Now, starring alongside Washington and Winfrey is an impressive ensemble cast, including Ebony Obstain, uh Melissa Jackson, Kylie Jefferson, uh, Shanice Shantae, Sarah Jeffrey, Pepe Songo Sangha, uh, um, Jay Rivas, uh, Jeanette uh, good luck and Maria Brown, Basha Lynn Ordooms, and Greg Sulkin. Mm. Now alongside with or along with Dean Morris, Sam Walterston, Susan Sarandon, in addition to directing and producing the film, Perry also wrote the screenplay based on an article uh, by Kevin M. Hamel, uh, published in World War II history magazine by uh Servian Media. Uh, about the eight, oh, uh, six, 688th, uh postal directory platoon made uh b- made up of eight hundred and fifty five black women. So that's very inspiring.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a brilliant movie, and I mean, maybe this is finally our opportunity to have Oprah on the show. Uh, right? I mean, just come on and talk about it, Oprah. You come have something on! to promote. Come on. Come on. And following its February 9th release date, you, Season 4, managed to crack the Netflix Top 10 English TV list during the February 6th through 12th viewing window. At number one, of course, with 92.07 million hours viewed, making it the most viewed title this past week, part one of the number uh, of the murder mystery series starring Penn Bagley, which introduces a new group of friends or suspects landed in the top 10 in 90 countries. Now, season one, 19.24 million hours viewed, and season three, 11.44 million hours viewed, also joined the chart in the fourth and ninth place as the fans watched or revisited the series to get
0: caught up there you go it makes sense netflix has also released the first look photos of official trailer of season two of sex life the Mm. new season will premiere on netflix on march 2nd the second season follows the 2021 premiere uh, with an eight episode season based on the book 44 chapters about four men by b Esten. now sex life was created by uh, stacy with uh, the series following as one woman, Billy Conley... Uh, examines her identity, unveils her desires, and navigates the love triangle between her husband, Cooper Conley, and her former flame, Brad Simon. Mm. Now, the uh, prov- t- provocative first season of Sex Life reached about, you know, 67 million viewers within the first four weeks on Netflix. So, so it did pretty good. Yeah, man.
1: <laughs> I'm a fan of hers, so I'm going to have to check that out. I've never even heard of it, but I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, jumping over to. Apple, this is no surprise, Ted Lasso Season 3 now officially has a premiere date at Apple. Remember we told you they released a little teaser, but we didn't know when? Now we know when. The Steam announced that it is critically acclaimed sports comedy will return wednesday march 15th with new episodes dropping weekly thereafter now season three of ted lasso will consist of 12
0: episodes this time around so there you go we have a date super freaking excited about that one man that's one you need to jump on i for sure do um brianna middleton has been cast in the lead role of sam smells apple series adaptation of the film metropolis the series was originally greenlit at the streamer back in march of 2022 it isn't inspired by the 1927 Fritz Lang sci-fi film of the same name, Mm. which has been hailed as one of the greatest and most influential films of the silent film era. Now, Middleton will play the role of Benny Polito. The announcement of the casting her in the series comes days ahead of Friday's launch of Apple's film Sharper, in which Middleton also stars in that one as well. That's funny. Uh, Her other other recent credits include George Clooney's film, The Tender Bar. Her casting in the series marks her starring seri- her first starring television role. Oh. Now, Lindy Booth has also been cast in a role of Maria. Booth is best known for her starring role in TNT drama series, uh, The Libertarians, which was the spinoff of. TNT's The The Liberian um, uh, Film (laughs) Series. Sure, sure. Sure, sure. Let's go with it. Yeah, why not? Jumping over to YouTube.
1: That's right. We have some YouTube news because this is kind of big, y'all. Susan Wachicki is stepping down. As CEO of YouTube after nine years and 24 years at Google, which she joined as one of its first employees back when it was still a startup, now Wajiki announced her departure in a memo to YouTube staffers this week. Neil Mohan, currently chief product officer at YouTube, will replace her as senior vice president and new head of YouTube. Now Wajiki will continue to be involved with YouTube and parent company Alphabet. The exec wrote that she agreed. Agreed with Sundar Puyachi, CEO of Alphabet and Google, to take on an advisory role at the internet giant. Now, in her multiple stints at Google, Wachigi was overseeing product management of AdSense, Google Book Search, and Google Video, as well as the syndication of the company's products. Now, prior to Google, she worked at Intel, Bain & Company, and R.B. Weber & Company. So, um... I mean, this is huge. She was kind of responsible for the big surge of YouTube television, which, of course, gave us Cobra Kai and, and, you know, did a lot of kind of things. And I'm sure as a CEO currently uh, was – instrumental in the huge new deal with the nfl yeah Uh, so i mean this is kind of a big loss for them
0: it really is she says she wants to step back and focus on her family and her charitable work and things like that but yeah it's going to be interesting to see how things will change up because she was able to give a lot of content creators people who you know wouldn't necessarily be able to get their foot into the door at studios or different things like that they've she gave them a platform to be able to create content and create money and revenue for themselves and create a sustainable living, which is absolutely amazing, completely changed. They basically... YouTube created the first influencer, basically. Mm-hmm. Basically. So, I mean, it's amazing to see while she was going through her tenure to what, you know, what the outcome was. So it's going to be interesting what's going to happen for YouTube and uh, are there any changes going to be made or things just going to try to still stick to her format so Mm. we'll see we'll see well now heading over to our top five segment guys this week is top five film and television heroines that's right characters and actresses who played those characters who are just absolutely badass in the role that they do yes Number five for me, I forget her name, what it was in the film, uh, but Peppermint. Not a lot of people saw Peppermint with Jennifer Gardner, but man, oh man, it was so damn good. She's basically this badass just trying to get back to her family or revenge her family, I should say, because her family died. Um, but yeah, I mean, think of like John Wick meets Jennifer Gardner because <laughs> yeah. she's killing motherfuckers and she does really well at it and uh, – I feel like that's what she kind of wanted to do to Ben, but, you know, you know. But, hey, hey, yeah. hey. My number five is also
1: Jennifer Garner, and the reason she got Peppermint is because of this one, Sydney Bristow on Alias, fucking badass double spy who was kicking major ass way back in the day. By the way, there was a little guy on that show that had a small role that of her, like, best friend or whatever. You might recognize his name, Bradley Cooper. That guy. Uh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> he was also on Alias, along with Greg Grunberg and, like, a shit ton of other huge people, but she was just a total fucking badass on that show. And, like, there were so many rumors after Peppermint that her and JJ were going to bring Alias back and revisit and, like, relaunch it. And I'm still waiting. Please do that. I think it would be epic. Um, it's been long enough. It's You know how they always do that and it's too short and you're not wanting it yet? It's been a long time since Alias has been on. I think there's a market for it do it JJ do, do it. it
0: do it for sure for sure well number four for me goes to Lori Strode where what's that name that is Jamie Lee Curtis from the Halloween franchise I mean come on now she was an absolute badass from the early stages of when her character was in high school fighting off the serial killer murderer trying to protect the whole town and her family um, but yeah I mean everything that her character has gone through and being able to finally wrap up the franchise the way they want to I feel like was so perfect with this latest uh, trilogy um, so yeah I'm, I'm really happy to see her being able to do that and she it kind of put her back on the map because I feel like the Halloween franchise kind of launched her career back to where now she got nominated for everything everywhere all at once at the Oscars so I'm happy to see it but I mean of course she's a fucking badass as Laurie Strode in the Halloween franchise oh yeah
1: for, uh, without doubt and it's so funny because a lot of people refer to her as like the, the OG scream queen yeah you know from horror films and that all these other girls are living up to but you know what she's not you know who the OG scream queen is her mother the woman who died in the fucking psycho shower. That's her mom. It only made sense that Jamie Lee would go on to be that, right? Like when your mom dies that epically in a fucking horror movie in the shower scene, you got to go on and do it yourself. That's all I'm saying. I For mean, sure. she was destined to be a horror badass. That's all I'm saying. Uh, my number four, speaking of a badass that you'd never want to fuck with, come with me if you want to live. Sarah Connor. Yes, the mother of John Connor who saved us all from those fucking robots. Uh, <laughs> look, I mean, honestly, it's one of the best characters ever made. Um, and you know I'm not a fan of James Cameron. But it was a brilliant character. It was well done. Uh, she is no longer a fan of, you know, divorced. Or, but um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And they've tried to live on through that numerous times they just can't recapture her um the television series was pretty good they had a different actress playing uh, her but um i just don't think you're ever gonna get that first movie and then terminator 2 judgment day you should have ended it there in my opinion they were badass films and she was a badass character and and yeah how can you not have her on the list as a heroine i mean she saved humanity what the fuck i mean
0: come on uh, that's funny. That's funny. Number three for me is actually a real life person, but depicted in this film, Hidden Figures. Catherine G. Johnson, mm, yes. played by Taraja P. Henson. Like I said, in Hidden Figures, uh, the first, you know, big time black mathematician who was helping out NASA trying to go to the moon or get back to the moon. I don't remember exactly. But um, yeah, just her interpretation of this woman and the real life depiction that she let us all into because like we've talked about multiple times on the show entertainment is the best form of education and this movie is by far a great representation of that and if you have not hit, seen hidden figures please do yourself a favor and go check that out it is definitely worth the watch and definitely for the female empowerment especially black female empowerment which is so necessary in this time period so it was great to see uh, for
1: sure. I have nothing else more to say about that. I thought it was a brilliant film. Mr. Kevin Costner's in it. and yep. Just like a bunch of other... It's just fantastic film. And you should watch it because it's history. Uh, we're going back to fucking the moon and, and we're going to Mars soon. And none of that would happen without this woman and her compatriots. So you should definitely exactly. watch it. My number three... I mean, definitely one of my very first childhood crushes. Um, and I'm just going to admit it. Still... I'm still crushing on her hard. Uh, Jamie Summers, played by the lovely and talented and just amazing Lindsay Wagner. Uh, Jamie Summers was, of course, the bionic woman and... um God, she was freaking beautiful. She was so beautiful. Her, uh, oh, man. But I loved that show. It was obviously a spinoff from the $6 million man, and 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 Jamie and Steve Austin, the, the $6 million man, were in a relationship, and they were together, and they were buying a couple, and they finally got married eventually after all kinds of TV movies and everything. But I just think Lindsay Wagner... She's just a phenomenal actress, and Jamie Summers was one of the most endearing and and likable characters, and her dog, Max, just the bionic dog, and just, like, yeah, I I just think this woman was a total badass, but she did it in the nicest way possible. She would kick your ass, but in the nicest way possible. She was just, like, a really cool check. It was, was like, badass. Younger guys, you might know her as Karev's mom on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Jamie, uh, you know, uh, Lindsay Wagner, but... Still just still around. Please come on the show, Lindsay. I would love to talk to you. I I, like seriously, I would love to interview you and chat with you about all of the greatness you've done um, going all the way back there and all the way up to Grey's Anatomy. I just think everything is amazing and she's an awesome heroine. There it is.
0: There it is. Number two for me goes to Hermione Granger, a.k.a. Emma Watson, being able to portray this character at such a young age and to represent what little girls were in that day and age and what little girls are now, I feel like is very important. And to show that, you know, you don't necessarily need to be alt-right feminine-like just this crazy I wouldn't say crazy this girly girl you can be whatever you want to be however you want to be and I think Hermione Granger is a perfect representation of that so yeah and I love Harry Potter so you need to get through all of them you're still on the second one aren't you I am yeah I am I'll get there I'll get through there
1: yeah my number two is Wanda Maximoff played by the one and only Lizzie Olsen um uh, the character, I've just always been a fan of the character in the comic books. I like the way that the, her storyline is bounced back and forth between hero and villain and hero and villain. And um, I, I think that that Lizzie has done an absolutely phenomenal job of bringing this character to life on screen. And even when she's playing the villain, you want to root for her. You want to root for her as a hero because she's doing it all out of the right thought process in her brain she thinks she's doing the right thing and um yeah just amazing and I'm a huge fan of Lizzie I've been a fan of hers before anybody even knew who she was I watched her in all kinds of little independent films before anybody even knew she was an Olsen sister uh and and she was just amazing I I I I, I, I think she's a phenomenal actress, and they couldn't have picked anybody better to play Wanda because she's such a complicated character and does go through. I can't wait until they actually introduce Magneto, and I don't know who that's going to be, but whoever it is better be on top of the game because to have to stand up against Lizzie's Wanda, yeah. you're going to have to be at the top of your game to do it. Um it, It's just going to be exciting. So my number two, Wanda Maximoff, played by Lizzie Olsen.
0: For sure, man, for sure. And number one for me, I mean, it had to be on one of our lists. It had Come to be. on, I mean, she is the definition of female empowerment and not giving a fuck about any man and doesn't need a man and all this good shit. I'm talking about... Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. Yes. This character was so absolutely badass. I mean, come on. Let's be honest about it. Everybody loved that freaking bathing suit costume that she had in Return of the Jedi. Let's not even fret about it. But, I mean, I'm just saying I love Carrie Fisher in general because she was one of the first uh, advocates for mental health. And uh, coming out before her and her mom, coming out before like it was even a— talked about things so i always champion her for that but i mean just the character princess leia i was always an independent person even though she was privileged but she uses her privilege for good to fight against the empire and with the rebellion and to continue moving forward for the galaxy that is so far far away but i just i love everything that this character represents it represents you know um being independent and, like I said, not needing anyone, but also relying on your friends at the same time. So it's nice. It's a great freaking character, and that's why she's in my number one, Princess Well, there Leia. you go.
1: I, I I mean, I agree with all of that. One of the best characters ever created. Just a phenomenal actress and, and an amazing person and tragic loss for the for the community. And, and I just, yeah, that's a great number one. Uh, my number one is the OG superhero female, Wonder Woman. Played by the one and only incomparable Linda Carter, to which all of these heroic women are trying to live up to. Linda Carter brought it, and she brought it so good that everybody tries to to, to emulate it, um, and it, they can't yet. Although they've all come close, they they just she's the OG. She's that that spin move and like just the bracelets and the I don't need a man. I'll fucking kick your ass. She was kicking Nazis' asses. Like, come on. <laughs> Like uh yeah a lot of people forget that when that show first came on the first season was set during World War II and she was kicking Nazis asses and that's like how badass is that got a star spangled woman in the stars and blue and red kicking Nazis asses you can't beat that I mean come on um all kidding aside though I think that you know Wonder Woman is you know you've got Superman the very first superhero kind of ever created way back 1938 right then you got Batman 1939 but woman there she is, right around that same time frame, Wonder Woman. And then, oh, shit, we can have a woman like that? She can be a badass. She can be. And what that did for changing the view of women, right? And and they went through a lot of stuff to try to change her. Because initially, you know, if a man bound her hand, she loses her powers. And they're like, fuck that. Man can't bound a woman and then she become powerless. Women are in control. And her character and the way it was... A, it, it it went a long way in changing how women were viewed and the independence of women and women being equal to men um she played a huge role in that movement and so that's amazing and then Linda Carter just when we got the first live action version of it was a badass yeah she's like we're going to continue this we're going to make her a badass like this woman is and it's going to be it's going to be amazing and it's so funny because you're number 1 you brought up the uh, the slave suit that Leia wore, right? Well, Wonder Woman was uh, like the guy that created her was like into like bondage and tying women up. Hence the the golden lasso and the, her hands getting bound loses her powers. Also, the creator of the lie detector machine.
0: Mm. Movie.
1: Yeah, this is out there, right? Like, uh, you know, it's there's a great movie about him and the creation of Wonder Woman. I
0: could not watch
1: that movie. Uh, it was I it tried. Was, <laughs> I could not watch it. I it's mean, a freaky ass movie, yeah. but it's really good if you want to know the history of Wonder Woman. But anyway, spinning back to my number one, Linda <laughs> Carter and Wonder Woman. I mean, I just feel like she's the epic heroine, right? Like, you yeah, come on, she's Wonder Woman. <laughs>
0: For sure, for sure. Well, that is our top five, guys. Please let us know what your favorite film and or television heroine is. We always love the fan interaction. Be sure to add us on Twitter and all the good stuff. Uh-huh. Well, box office recap for last week. Magic Mike came in at number one, which makes sense with 8.3 million. And, of course, that's going to be the only week that it's going to stay at number one. Uh, yep. Avatar The Way of Water came in at number two with 7.2. Titanic came in at number three with 6.7. 84 Brady came in at number four with 5.8 and Puss in Boots, The Last Wish came in with 5.6. Now, movies that are coming out and the only one that matters is Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. The other ones are not Ant-Man, not Ant-Man, not Ant-Man, not Ant-Man. Yes, well so,
1: done, Jason, well done. I'm just saying, is, yeah.
0: check it out. It's really freaking good. You're not going to... Be you're go, you'll be remiss if you don't yeah, see it. I'm yeah. just saying. Uh, movies you can still go see other than Ant Man right now Knock at the Cabin, A Man Called Auto, Missing Megan, and Plane. Hey, there's
1: that plane movie there if you is. can find them on a screen that's exactly. not showing Ant Man exactly. Like.
0: Well, head over to the IMDB Pros top trending segment. The top trending movie is Black Panther, which I think is awesome because I mean, it's been a while since that one's been in the theaters. Well, it just hit streamers, I think, so yeah, yeah, it's been sense. on for about Two or three weeks, so yeah, that's really so. cool. Uh, top trending TV show is, of course, The Last of Us, which, hey, tease for next week's episode. We have a guest from The Last of Us yes. on the show talking about his one-on-one interaction with the top trending star, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. So, man, oh, man, this guy actually gets punched in the face by Pedro Pascal.
1: Yeah. Stay I tuned. Mean, he's,
0: he's a badass. He <laughs> yeah. is. Uh, he,
1: we would like to say he, he lived to tell about it, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> didn't. You know, how popular is that show? The top trending stars— Pedro, like you said, number one, the top five trending stars are all from The Last of Us. Anna of Melanie Linsky, uh, uh, yeah, just uh, Bella Ramsey. Uh, they're all fucking
0: Last of Us stars. I mean, it makes total sense. It's awesome to see, man. It's yeah. awesome to see. Be expecting a lot of guests from The Last of Us. Yes. We are reaching out, <laughs> man. We are reaching out. Well, guys, thank you so much for getting crazy with us on episode 218 of Inside the Crazy Amp. Farm, you be sure to follow us <laughs> on all social media platforms at Crazy Ant Media and at Itcaf Podcast. Ow. And of course, you can follow us personally on social media, myself at JLoganAustin on all social media platforms and... At Crazy Ant CEO on all social media platforms. That's right. It's and, wonderful. It's amazing. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. If you're watching this video on YouTube, we appreciate you. Enjoy your weekend. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, and ring the bell for all the latest and greatest Boo. notifications coming out of Crazy Ant Media. Yes. And of course, be sure to visit our website, www.crazyantmedia.com, where you can get your a nice fancy mug look at that look at that it's so nice we love them they are going to be on literally every single video we do now so be sure to check out the merch and a new episode of everything's okay uh titled grief is out right now on our youtube channel be sure to check that out we get very deep and be sure to follow those social media handles as well on twitter and instagram Everything's okay P for Everything's OK Podcast. Yes. Yes. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. But man, I mean, how can we not, not talk about all the Marvel stuff that we had to talk about? I mean, there's so much good stuff coming out of Marvel Studios that I'm just, I'm thrilled to see. And it really does feel like Marvel again.
1: It does. It really does feel like Marvel. And for me, equally as awesome as that is, I'm Batman. Like Keaton back as Batman is just—I feel like I'm 19 again because I was 19 when Keaton played Batman for the first time. Yeah, I'm that old. I'm not as old as Keaton, but I'm pretty old. But it just—it it brought back all the feels, the music, the look. There's the Batmobile, there's the cave, the music from Danny Elfman, and the delivery of the line. It just—it had me so freaking excited. And I wish this movie was just about Batman. Yeah, I just—I really do, and I—I I hope. That James Gunn is smart enough to have seen the reaction from the fans and keep Keaton around as some sort of version of Batman. I know they want to go younger. I know he's got this vision, but clearly, based on the reaction, people want Keaton as Batman. It's true. Pay attention. Just, I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, super excited about that. And oh, for uh, sure. to James Gunn was hilarious though. He said he owned the Super Bowl. He did. He did. I mean, between Guardians and the Flash, he. I mean, he basically owned the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, just facts. Exactly, exactly.
0: Well, guys, thank you so much for getting crazy. We can't wait to see you until next time. And it's always a great week when we have industry news about the one, the only, (laughs)
1: Oprah! (laughs)